Welcome to our BMI Sunday Online Fellowship. Thank you for joining us today. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we are truly grateful for another Sabbath day that you have given to us. We thank you that we can spend this time in your word, uh, singing your praises, and we commit this time to you. We pray that it would be a blessing to those that are listening, wherever they might be. And we know that your people have many needs and many challenges they face. And we thank you that you are the one that is in control and that we can cast all of our burdens upon you. And we thank you that we don't have to worry or fret about the things that we are normally concerned with, but we can uh, commit it to you this day and keep our focus on things above. And we pray this uh, and ask for your blessing upon this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Our first hymn is going to be All the Way My Savior Leads Me.
Our second hymn is going to be How Sweet and Awesome is the Place. third hymn is going to be, I will sing of my Redeemer.
Welcome to Searching the Scriptures. Our Bible teacher will be Gunther von Haringa Sr. In Acts 17.11 we read, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. So without further ado, let's look into God's word, the Bible. This is going to be 2 Peter 2, uh, part 22, and today's date is April 8th, 2018. Uh, let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you that we have had this uh, ongoing privilege of looking into the book of 2 Peter, and we thank you for what you have shown us, and we trust that you will continue to open our spiritual eyes and ears to behold wonderful things out of your law. And so we pray that whatever might be said uh, would be faithful to the scriptures, that you might correct anything that is not. And again, we thank you that we have your word to focus in on, especially today, as this is your holy day. And we thank you for leading us into truth. And we pray that whatever we do find, we might be obedient to it, uh, as you have commanded in your word. And now we ask these things with grateful hearts, in Jesus' name, amen. Before I begin, I just want to mention again that our question and answer period is going to be again at 5.30 this afternoon, Pacific Standard Time, or Daylight Time, I should say, and then uh, at 8.30 uh, Eastern Time. So uh, feel free to join us if you're able to at that time. Uh, I'll go ahead and read uh, from Second Peter 2. Uh, verse uh, 9 all the way to verse 17. Jehovah knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. But these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bosor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. 
In our last few studies, we've been focusing on two New Testament verses that pertain to Balaam. And there's only two more besides here in 2 Peter 2.15. And that is Jude 1.11 and Revelation 2.14. And last Sunday, we considered the first two elements out of three having to do with the doctrine of Balaam in Revelation 2.14. Uh, and one of those was to cast a stumbling block, and the second was to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Uh, the third sinful element we're going to begin today to look at is Revelation in Revelation 2.14, and that is to commit fornication. I'll go ahead and read that again. <coughs> Excuse me. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. To commit fornication is 4203, and it's the word uh, porneo, um, and I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it's the word from which we get our English word uh, pornography. Now, let's see how God employs this term in the New Testament. Uh, it's used in seven other passages besides here in Revelation 2.14. Uh, the first place is in 1 Corinthians 6, which, as we have discovered, is a chapter that relates very specifically to our day, our current day of judgment. And we also see this by the repeated use of the terms judge and judged, uh, particularly in the first five verses. Uh, additionally, verses 13b and 15 to 20 discuss uh, this topic of fornication, uh, in which uh, this particular term, uh, 4203, appears in verse 18, as he that committeth fornication. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Uh, verse 15, know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Uh, note the related term fornication. We see that in uh, verse 13b and also in uh, the first part of uh, verse 18. 
this is a related word, uh, actually um, 4202 is derived from our word that we're looking at, 4203. 4203 is a verb, and 4202 is uh, a Greek noun. Uh, moreover, what we find in verse 20 uh, is this admonition to glorify God in your body as well as in your spirit. And we know that this, of course, is speaking about uh, an elect person. They are the ones that have, by God's mercy, received a new resurrected soul. And yet, in spite of that, they, that this soul, this new resurrected soul, is in a body that still lusts after sin, a body that has not, as of yet, been saved. It will be saved when the child of God receives his uh, new glorified spiritual body at the very end of this uh, prolonged day of judgment, when God is going to destroy this universe uh, uh, by fire, uh, by his word, and then he's going to usher in the new heavens and the new earth. Now, I don't need to tell you that uh, while the child of God is alive on earth, these two factions, the soul and the body, are at war one with another. Uh, as Paul, under divine inspiration, points out in Romans 7, 21 to 25, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. The next passage in which uh, our word 4203 appears is in 1 Corinthians 10, 1 to 14, where we find it twice in verse 8 as let us commit fornication and commit. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication. That's our word. 
as some of them committed, and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also <clears throat> murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for ensamples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you or allow you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. This passage is uh, very important because God is linking the sin of lust, which is uh, Strong's number 1937. Uh, it's also lusted uh, 1938 with fornication. And in turn, he's defining fornication as idolatry. Uh, and God's judgment is also in view in this passage uh, for these sins uh, by the number of Israelites that were killed on, in one day, 23,000. Uh, 23 is a number that points to judgment, and the number 1,000 or any of its derivatives like 10 or 100 uh, has to do with completion of whatever is in view. Uh, and so the total number uh, we read about in Numbers 25.9 was 24,000. And those that died in the plague were 20 and 4,000. So God is really underscoring his judgment for the sins of, these, uh, of, the, of the Israelites. Uh, if you recall, uh, not only the ones that died in this particular plague as a result uh, of uh, lusting after evil things, of committing fornication. And we're going to see where this uh, ties in uh, to Balaam as well uh, later on in our study. Uh, but the, the fact is that uh, God is uh, making a point here. He's emphasizing this. And we also have to remember that the Israelites who were... Uh, uh, 20 years of age and uh, older and never, uh, or I guess, yeah, 20 years of age and older never made it to the promised land. Uh, it was only though, or maybe 21 years of age and older. Uh, everyone else under the age of 20 or 20 and under uh, entered into the promised land. Uh, and God swore in his wrath that the others would not enter in. And so it's a very serious uh, admonition that we find. Uh, now, the, uh, our, our word that we're looking at, 4203, uh, also uh, is in Revelation 2.20, which you might recall we looked at uh, during part uh, 21, which was last week, because it contains these two terms, to eat and things sacrificed unto idols. Uh, the 
the same two words that we find in Revelation 2.14. Uh, I'll go ahead and read that. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest or allowest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce uh, my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Uh, so once again, we see that God is making uh, an association between idols and uh, fornication. The last two citations in which 4203 appears are found in Revelation 17 and 18, which are chapters that focus on the time and season of God's judgment uh, beginning uh, at the house of God, beginning with the churches and denominations uh, on May 21, 1988, and then as of May 21, 2011, this judgment transitions to the world at large, uh, which uh, was the start of our current day of judgment that we are in. We read in Revelation 17, uh, 1 to 2, And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither. I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. If you recall, wine uh, can refer to the blood of Christ. In this context, it's the wine of a false gospel, uh, whereby uh, those that are deceived are become drunk. Uh, we also learn from Revelation 18, uh, 1 to 10, the following, and this word 4203 surfaces in verse 3 and also in verse 9 as have committed fornication. And after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works. In the cup which she hath filled, filled to her double. How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen and am no widow and shall see no sorrow. 
Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. Standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. In essence, we can glean from the foregoing verses that God is underscoring this very significant truth that spiritual fornication is idolatry. And the reason this is important is because it's also the cause for which God divorced himself from national Israel. He was married to national Israel, to the entire nation, and because they committed spiritual adultery, he could not kill the entire nation. The Savior had to come through the line of Israel, plus all of the elect uh, Jewish believers uh, had to come into existence. And so the only way that he could do this, or the, the way that he chose to do this, I should say, is he gave a temporary law in Deuteronomy 24.1, which enabled him to divorce national Israel uh, and to solve this dilemma. Uh, we find uh, this uh, in Deuteronomy 24.1, when a man hath taken a wife and married her, and it come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes because he hath found some uncleanness, which is really the word nakedness. Uh, it's mostly translated as such in her. Then let him write her a bill of divorcement and give it in her hand and send her out of his house. And the divorce we know took effect when Christ was on the cross, uh, the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom, and that exposed the Holy of Holies. And so Jerusalem was no longer the holy city, the temple was no longer holy, and the, the Jewish people were no longer holy except for those who were the elect of God. The same sin of idolatry uh, or doctrinal high places uh, was also in view uh, during the church age and is uh, or was the cause for which God judged them according to 1 Peter 4, 17 and 18. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Now, I had mentioned previously that after uh, considering verse 15, we would write, go right back to the Old Testament. But I think uh, on second thought, what I'd like to do is examine verse 16, uh, because it still uh, has to do with Balaam. And then we'll go back to the Old Testament. Uh, verse 16 says, But was rebuked for his iniquity, the dumb ass speaking with man's voice, forbade the madness of the prophet. 
the first five words uh, in this first phrase, but was rebuked for his iniquity, uh, the Greek words, uh, are only found together here. So we're going to have to investigate some of these main uh, terms individually. And we'll start with this word rebuked, which is Strong's number 1649. Uh, this expression, along with the term was, uh, was rebuked, uh, only appears here. But it does have a root word, which is Strong's number 1651. Uh, rebuked is 1649. And uh, we want to look at some of the ways that God uses this uh, root word, 1651, since uh, 1649 is only used here. Uh, for example, in Matthew 1815, we find it translated as tell his fault. Moreover, if thy brother trespass against thee, Go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. And in uh, Lazarus 8-9, or the fourth gospel 8-9, it emerges as being convicted. And this has to do with the woman that was brought uh, in adultery uh, to the Lord. Uh, and they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. Also in Ephesians 5.13, it's rendered as that are reproved. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. And then if we go to Titus 1.9, it's expressed here as to convince. Holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. And, <clears throat> excuse me, lastly... Excuse me. If we go to Hebrews 12, 5, it's translated here as when thou are, art rebuked. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. So we see that Balaam, of course, was rebuked. And what was he rebuked for? He was rebuked for his iniquity, which is this next word that we want to look at, uh, 3892. It's a Greek noun. And again, it only is found in this one verse. But it's a compound word. And it's made up of paranomeo, para. Uh, is a, a preposition. It's 3844. And the main word is nomos, which is 3551. Uh, para is 3844. Um, and it's only found uh, in one other uh, place, uh, one other reference, and that's Acts 23.3. 3. 
and it's translated there as contrary to the law. Uh, I'll read verses 1 to 5 for the sake of the context. And Paul, uh, earnestly beholding the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded them that stood by him to smite him on the mouth. Then said Paul unto him, God shall smite thee, thou whited wall. For sittest thou to judge me after the law, and commandest me to be smitten contrary to the law? And they that stood by said, Revilest thou God's high priest? Then said Paul, I wist not, or I knew not, brethren, that he was the high priest. For it is written, Thou shalt not speak evil of thy people. Now, we see that Balaam, of course, was going contrary to the law himself, as he did not heed God's express command to not go with Balak's uh, representatives uh, that were sent to him. Uh, as we read in Numbers 22, uh, 9 through 13. Uh, also, we can look at verses 20 to 22 and 32 to 35 to, re to um, uh, understand that God had set up a test there for him, and he failed the test because the first time God says, don't go, don't curse the people. But then later on, he said, go. Uh, and then it says that God was severely displeased with him. And then this incident with the donkey takes place. Uh, and God came unto Balaam and said, What men are these with thee? And Balaam said unto God, Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, hath sent unto me, saying, Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt which covereth the face of the earth. Come now, curse me them, peradventure I shall be able to overcome them and drive them out. And God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them, thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. And Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the princes of Balak, Get you into your land, for Jehovah refuseth to give me leave to go with you. And then in verse 20, And God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, If the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say unto thee, that shalt thou do. And Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. And God's anger was kindled because he went. And the angel of Jehovah stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass, and his two servants were with him. And the angel of Jehovah said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. And the ass saw me, and turned from me these three times. Unless she had turned from me, surely, now also I had slain thee, and saved her alive. And Balaam said unto the angel of Jehovah, I have sinned. 
for I knew not that thou stoodest in the way against me. Now therefore, if it displease thee, I will get me back again. And the angel of Jehovah said unto Balaam, Go with the men, but only the word that I shall speak unto thee, that thou shalt speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. The, the next phrase that we want to look at in 2 Peter 2, 16 is the dumbass speaking with man's voice, which is comprised of six words. And again, we're going to have to consider them individually because they don't show up anywhere else uh, together. Uh, this first word, the dumb, uh, is Strong's number 880. And this is a compound word. It's made up uh, a phonos. Uh, a, of course, is the alpha negative, uh, Strong's number one. And phone uh, is the word for voice, 5456. So basically, it's uh, no voice or, or it can't be heard. Uh, and so uh, it would, another way we could, we could um, say this is mute. Speaking about Balaam's donkey, uh, and this... Uh, word uh, uh, we find in a few other places, actually in three other scriptures, this is 880, aphonos. Uh, for example, in Acts uh, 832, it's in the conversation that Philip has that God sent him to, uh, when God sent him to the Ethiopian eunuch. And I'll, re I'll read verses 26 to 35. It, it actually appears uh, in uh, verse 32, as dumb. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I? except some man should guide me. And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb, before his shearer so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And we know that what he was reading, what the eunuch was reading, was Isaiah 53. <clears throat> and Isaiah 53, if, if it's read very carefully, 
has to do with Christ being slain at the foundation of the world. And of course, demonstrated in 33 AD as well. Uh, verse 2 of 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 1 to 3, also uh, records this uh, statement. Uh, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols. That's our word, these dumb idols even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Here again, we see another reference to idols. <clears throat> this is a word that we've looked at before. Uh, it's the Greek word eidolon, Strong's number 1497. Uh, we uh, discussed this in some of our earlier studies. And in this verse, God is associating it with the term dumb, uh, reminding us of what we also read about in Psalm 135, uh, 15 to 18, uh, concerning idols. Uh, the idols of the heathen are silver and gold the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Neither is there any breath in their mouths. They that make them are like unto them. So is everyone that trusteth in them. In other words, the idols are not alive, they're dead. And those that trust in them, those that worship them, are likewise spiritually dead. Now, you don't have to bow down to an idol of wood or stone to commit idolatry. Idolatry is committed in our heart. Uh, and, that, and that is the seat of all sin. It has to do with our heart or our mind. That's, that's where it starts. Uh, the Bible in the Old Testament talks about the idols of the heart. Uh, now, we can also uh, look at one other passage in which uh, we find this word aphonos, uh, Strong's number 880, or, or, or dumb, and that is in 1 Corinthians 14, 6 through 10. But here it's uh, rendered differently. It's rendered in verse 10 as without signification. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? Except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. And even things without life-giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet, <coughs> excuse me, for if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? So likewise ye, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. 
there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. That's our word 880. Uh, also, uh, you might note that in verse 10, we also discover the term of voices, uh, which is the main root word uh, of, this uh, of this term, uh, without signification or dumb. It's uh, phone 5456. The other thing is you might uh, remember the significance of verse 8 uh, prior to May 21 with regard to the clear sound that the believers heralded, uh, not an uncertain sound, uh, in order to warn the world of God's impending judgment uh, and uh, in accordance with Ezekiel 3, 18 through 19, as well as its, its parallel uh, passage, which is Ezekiel 33, 8 through 9. When I say unto the wicked, Thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life. The same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Yet if thou warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity. But thou hast delivered thy soul. Uh, the next word is this word ass or donkey. It's uh, Strong's number 5268, referring to Balaam's donkey. And it's only used uh, one other time. And this uh, second time is in connection with the Lord Jesus as he entered into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Uh, and, and everybody um, was gathered around him and, and they put down palm leaves. Uh, as we read in Matthew 21, uh, verse 5. Uh, Tell ye the daughter of Sion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek, and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. Uh, this is actually a quotation taken from Zechariah 9.9, which incidentally provides another word bridge if somebody wanted to do a study of these two uh, parallel passages. Now, you'll also notice that there's two words for ass in Matthew 21, 5. Uh, the one that we find in uh, 2 Peter 2, 16 is the last one of an ass, 5268. The other one, the first one, is Strong's number 3688, or Onos. I'll read uh, Zechariah 9, 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just, and having salvation, lowly, and riding upon an ass, and, a, and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. Uh, this is another... Um, compound word 5268 it's made up of hypo and um, it's actually hypozygion uh, hypo is strong's number 52 
59, and it's a preposition, a Greek preposition, and it's translated as under. And zygos is 2218, which is a Greek noun, and it's uh, chiefly rendered as yoke, and found, uh, for example, in the beautiful picture of salvation that we find portrayed in Matthew 11, 27 to 30, in which it is rendered as yoke. So here it would be under the yoke. Uh, and you, you'll notice the, the context here has to do with election. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, this is 2218 Zygos, upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke, again 2218, is easy, and my burden is light. We've also understood that donkeys can refer to mankind in general, as we read in Exodus 13, 13, which distinguishes the elect from the non-elect and their respective destinies. For the non-elect, we have understood that it's death and annihilation, and for the elect, uh, to be with the Lord forever in the new heavens and the new earth. Again, according to God's perfect will and wisdom. Uh, this is Exodus 13, 13. And every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb. And if thou wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck. And all the firstborn of man among thy children shalt thou redeem. Now, this word here of an ass is Strong's number 2543. And it was the same that we saw in Zechariah 9.9, which incidentally, just like uh, the, um, the uh, Matthew 21.5 had two different Greek words for ass, we find also two different Greek words for ass uh, in the uh, in Zechariah 9, 9 as well. The first one uh, is 2543, but the second is 860. Now, coming back to this idea in Exodus 13, 13, I just want to touch upon this, ha having to do with the firstborn, which is very, very important. Uh, the firstborn, and all the firstborn is Strong's number 1060. And we have to keep in mind that this is referring to Christ in the first instance, and secondly, uh, to uh, all of the elect as well. We know that Christ is the firstborn from the dead. Uh, we read, uh, let me turn there, in Colossians 1, 15 and 18, Uh, verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. 
and down in verse um, 18, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Uh, this same uh, Hebrew word, uh, firstborn, uh, Strong's number 1060, we also find in Psalm 89. Uh, I'll read verses 20 to 29. Uh, but in verse 29, excuse me, in verse 27, we find this term as my firstborn. And in this passage, David is typifying the Lord Jesus Christ. I have found David my servant. With my holy oil have I anointed him, with whom my hand shall be established. Mine arm also shall strengthen him. The enemy shall not exact upon him, nor the son of wickedness afflict him. And I will beat down his foes before his face and plague them that hate him. But my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him, and in my name shall his horn be exalted. I will set his hand also in the sea, and his right hand in the rivers. He shall cry unto me, Thou art my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. Also, I will make him my firstborn higher than the kings of the earth. My mercy will I keep for him forevermore, and my covenant shall stand fast with him. His seed also will I make to endure forever, and his throne as the days of heaven. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Just as Christ is the firstborn from the dead, so too are all the elect who follow in his uh, footsteps, so to speak, and they follow him in salvation. And so uh, we also find in the Old Testament that he is spoken of as the first of the first fruits, and spiritually speaking, and in, um, uh, let's see, I didn't put the reference. This is uh, the book of James. I think it's uh, James 1.18. Let's, let's see, let me look at that real quickly. Just forgot to jot that down. Um, oops. If I can find it, okay, here we go. James, James. Yeah, it's uh, verse 18. Uh, we read there, of his own will, begat he us with the word of truth. This is salvation during the day of salvation, that we should be a kind of first fruits. A kind is Strong's number 5100, and a first fruits is 536. First, uh, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Now, uh, in closing, uh, I'll try to summarize this. We want to keep in mind some of the points we've touched upon today. One is that the doctrine of Balaam that we find in 2 Peter, uh, or I'm sorry, in Revelation 2.14, consists of three elements. 
causing people to stumble at the scriptures, both in doctrine as well as in practice, and to commit spiritual fornication, which is idolatry. And, and remember, this has to do with the doctrine of Balaam. And, and this whole chapter, 2 Peter 2, is talking about false prophets and false teachers. And so this is, again, pointing to them because we have in this chapter 30 or so references that give details about these false teachers and false prophets. Um, of course, they, they follow uh, in the footsteps of Balaam, and uh, there are others. For example, when we looked at Jude 1.11, it talked about Korah. It talked about following the way of Cain as well. And so all of these are non-elect that God is uh, underscoring. And so we, we, get, we get the picture. Uh, it, it, with regard to Balaam, we see where he did not heed God's first directive. And of course, uh, as we learn more about Balaam, when we go back to the Old Testament, we're going to find that he eventually uh, was killed. He died, and, 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 this, and of course, he is um, spoken of as one who loved the reward of unrighteousness or sin. And we know that that reward are the wages of uh, uh, the wages of sin is death. Now, ultimately, mankind, we have discovered, uh, it falls into two categories, uh, as donkeys, the non-elect donkeys, as well as the elect donkeys. Well, uh, I think we'll stop here today, and if you have a question about this lesson, or perhaps something was unclear, uh, uh, and you'd like further clarification on that, you're welcome to bring up your question or any comment you might have uh, during our Q&A, which is going to be again this evening at 5.30 Pacific Time, 8.30 Eastern Time. And Lord willing, I will try to give an answer from Scripture. So for right now, uh, let's uh, close uh, in a word of prayer, and then we'll have our final three hymns. Father, again, we thank you that uh, we've been able to uh, look at some of these verses, and we pray that you would use your word to edify your people, to bless your people. Uh, surely we know that your word is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, and we thank you for that. We thank you that it does equip your people uh, to, uh, uh, to be uh, better witnesses and more effective witnesses, Father, as we uh, truly desire to share the truth of your word uh, to the sheep that are all throughout this world. And you've given us uh, this particular commission at this particular time during the day of judgment. And, and so we thank you for that. And we uh, pray that you would continue to bless your people throughout the rest of this day as we begin this new week. Uh, could it be that our focus would be altogether on things above? We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Our uh, first hymn is going to be Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise.
second hymn is going to be How Sweet the Name of Jesus Sounds. Next hymn is going to be, or our closing hymn, is going to be God be with us, or God be with you till we meet again.
Thank you again for joining us today, and we pray that the Lord will bless the rest of your day as you fellowship with him. Thank you for joining us today for Searching the Scriptures. Until next time, to God be the glory.